I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, July 28th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, this is going to be a combination of a fact of the day and a tip of the day, Jay. So 80% of Canadians feel inflation has impacted their summer plans, and this is all a CIBC study, with the average Canadian expected to spend $400 or more on summer fun this year. Now, Jay, I feel like people are pulling back their summer plans because of inflation. I get that. But I got to ask, if you're if you're going to travel anywhere in Canada in the summer, where would you recommend that's more of a, a budget vacation for some Canadians, Jay? Yeah, I would think a budget vacation, if you live in Toronto, like I do, is to head to Lake Huron. We've talked about this privately, but not publicly. I just think Lake Huron in and around between, say, Grand Bend and, you know, Southampton or it's yep. just it's just amazing. It's green, green waters, shallow, sandy beaches, world-class sunsets, all of it. But don't tell anybody. That's a, it's a great pick, Jay. You know, I'm a huge fan of Southampton, Ontario. But I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to offer something a bit more coastal. And so I've never been there, but I've seen pictures, Jay. And the Sunshine Coast in British Columbia looks beautiful. And so if you live in the area, I feel, I actually, I can't even tell you if it's cheap or expensive or how to get there. But I feel like if you're in the lower mainland, it's not that hard to get to. That's probably a great time. Yeah, it would take a little bit more than $400 to get there from where we are, wow. but I, I, it is glorious it's a, it's out a, there, of This is a national podcast, Jay. Not everyone lives in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's the most Toronto thing I think I've ever said. Brett, aside from not being able to get to BC this summer, what do we have for Peak Pals? We've got a smorgasbord of stories for you today, Jay. So for our first story, Microsoft is leading a crusade against Amazon. For our second story, it's earnings season. And for our last story, SBF is buying up more distressed crypto assets. For our first story, Microsoft is leading a crusade against Amazon's dominance in the government cloud computing space and is asking competitors to raise their voices too. This is a real coalition of the tech willing, Brett. What is Microsoft trying to accomplish here? And it wasn't that long ago where competitors were trying to take on Microsoft for much of the same thing. I think the question everyone's asking, Jay, is will you raise your voice about this injustice? That's the, that's the real question here. Um, Injustice. It's really stretching that word. <laughs> well, look, here's, here's what's going on. So Microsoft is asking competitors like Google and Oracle to join it in lobbying the U.S. government to use more than one cloud infrastructure provider for major projects. This is all per the Wall Street Journal. The Injustice, Jay. The Injustice. Well, Amazon Web Services, well known as AWS, dominates the government service provider game with 47% of U.S. public sector market orders last year. Now, Microsoft believes that using multiple providers optimizes services and saves money. Amazon called the lobbying effort, quote-unquote, self-serving, and warned it could force customers to use worse technology. This is always the threat, Jay, is that the technology That's, will get worse. I love it's a slap in the face, as they're saying. Use worse technology. Now, in Canada, Microsoft and friends might want to raise the same concerns. AWS also has a grip on the public sector cloud computing market, accounting for 47% of all public sector market orders in 2021 and supporting products like the Arrive Can app, which I don't know if that's brag worthy, but it's not like they created the app. They're just hosting it. Well, hey, someone's got to host it, Jay. So since 2019, AWS has been approved by the Canadian government to seek contracts dealing with highly classified materials, such as medical records and confidential government information. The Canadian military began preliminary research for storing its data in the cloud this year, and AWS appears to be the front runner for providing those services. 
In February, the president of AWS Canada met with both the defense minister's chief of staff and a head from Shared Services Canada, the government body responsible for implementing IT. No competitors have disclosed similar meetings. And so, Brett, why should PayPal's care about Amazon's dominance in the public sector, or I guess, why Microsoft is so upset? There's a big lesson we learned a few weeks ago, Jay. As more public data makes its way to the cloud, it's important that it's being handled by whichever provider has been deemed most capable. But as we learned from a certain massive service outage, I'm not going to name any names here, it might not be a great idea to put all your eggs in one basket. It's hard to say, Jay. I'm not an IT expert. For our second story, it's earnings season, Jay. It's that time of quarter when a bunch of companies publish their earnings for the last quarter. And so here at the Peak Daily, we thought we'd give you an earnings tour de force. This is during the Tour de France. And it's a trip around the corporate world and offer an update on your favorite or least favorite, depending on what's in your portfolio and how they're performing, companies. To start, we talked about this one yesterday, but Shopify reported a surprise loss of $1.2 billion compared with a profit of $879 million a year ago. Now, the good news is revenues rose 16% to $1.3 billion, hitting estimates, and the company acquired fulfillment company Deliverer for $2 billion. I think it's deliverer with two R's, but yeah. the bad news is people are returning to in-person shopping and Shopify is laying off 10% of its workforce. Shifting to Meta, Meta saw its first revenue drop as increased competition and spending pullbacks hit the digital ads market. Well, this is good news for some, not good news for all. Meta rolled out some serious changes to make its platform more video friendly, like TikTok, which we talked about yesterday, was not approved by the Kardashians. Right. As if that's why it was being done. Now, the bad news is average daily user numbers are dropping as young social media users, well, they're fleeing to TikTok. Spotify added subscribers and ad revenue reaching 433 million monthly users, which was a 19% bump from a year ago. And the good news is marketing campaigns, reactivations, and Gen Z Latin American listeners are pulling through. But the bad news, and there's bad news, good news and bad news in all of these, Jay, listeners are grappling with subscription fatigue and will likely continue trimming expenses as interest rates rise and life gets more expensive. Yes, and Loblaw increased profit and revenues up by 22 and 3% respectively as drugstore sales boost margins and sales and discount offerings grow. Now, the good news for Loblaws is people are loving No Name and PC Optimum, and the company is acquiring LifeMark Health Group. The bad news is further price hikes may impact shopper demand. All right. And last but not least, Jay, we've covered a lot of ground here and now we're hitting the rails. Canadian <laughs> National Railway blew past expectations, posting a $4, four, ooh, $4, are you kidding me? $4.34 billion revenue, topping the expected $4.08 billion, about 21% higher than last year. Pretty good. Pretty good. The good news is strong volumes of coal and grain led to increased prices and fuel surcharges to offset rising costs. It's like the yin and the yang. It's always bad news, Jay. And here it's a strengthening Canadian dollar may impact sales. And here's the main takeaway. While earnings are always filled with surprises and disappointments, for the most part, things are still better than feared. Climbing shares hint that investors feel optimistic, but let's all stay realistic about the economic uncertainty we are living through, and it is certainly uncertain. And for our last story, FTX, the world's second largest crypto exchange, is eyeing a purchase of South Korean crypto exchange Bitthum, 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 as found, just one Bitthum, B-I-T-H-U-M, as founder and CEO Sam Bankman-Fried looks to continue his shopping spree. It's a terrible name. The it's billionaire bad. boy prince of crypto. We're calling him 
the crypto Machiavelli, but also known as SBF to those in the know, has turned a crypto market downturn into a personal fire sale, offering to buy companies or hand out loans left, right, and center. Last month alone, through either FTX or his research firm Alameda Research, SBF spent $1 billion. And he did that in a few ways. So one, acquiring Canadian trading platform Bitfo in order to enter the Canadian market. Handing out $485 million in loans to TSX-listed Voyager Digital and offering to buy it after it went bankrupt, and the offer is now called Lowball by Voyager. And bailing out crypto lender BlockFi with an option in place to acquire it for no more than a little $240 million deal. That's a steal, considering it was last valued at $3 billion, Jay. <laughs> that is a steal. He has shown no signs of slowing since, including recently expressing interest in the hard-hit crypto mining sector. Though SBF has positioned himself as a benevolent figure, industry experts told Bloomberg that the moves are nothing but an opportunistic power grab. Which is why this all matters. As nascent blockchain mogul Kanye West once rapped, no one man should have all that power. If one individual having such an outsized impact on an already vulnerable industry, it, it may spell some trouble. Jay, we've got to keep our eyes on this one. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dill Richardson, 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, wouldn't it be great if Microsoft lobbyists actually quoted Kanye West as well and said, no one man should have all that power, but they were actually talking about Amazon Web Services. Yeah, Amazon's dominance in the public sector cloud space. It's not a great lyric. <laughs> have a good day, Brett. Yeah, you too, Jay. <laughs>